0: You're
1: listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antuano, and today I'm delighted to have Steve Yegas from PayPro. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing well, Thanks. Great to have you on the show. Steve brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the payments industry. And, and just to kick it off for our listeners, Steve, if you could give a background about uh, yourself, your experience, and then what you're doing over at p Sure.
0: First, Chris, thanks for having us. Appreciate the opportunity to talk about p and what's happening in the global e-commerce market. So a little bit about my background. I've been in the payment space as my 14th year I uh, was with one of the large acquirers for most of that time and it was with a PSP and then in, about a year ago helped Ppro open up the US office here to support our partners a little bit of background on Ppro so we are an aggregator of local payment schemes across the globe so basically through one API connection one contract and one reconciliation we provide our partners who are acquirers and PSPs around the world we provide them access to those local payment methods so really helping bring global commerce, global e-commerce down to the local level and helping merchants, their merchants uh, access those payment schemes so they can offer it to those local consumers around the world.
1: Yeah. And it's great timing for you know, options like that as globalization is happening and the world is, the world is getting smaller. So there's definitely you know, a, a demand and a need for, for what you guys are offering. What, what types of different payment schemes, I guess, are out there for, to explain to, to our listeners in different locations?
0: Sure. I think obviously in the U.S., most of us are always familiar with Visa and MasterCard and the card schemes. Well, P-Pro does not do any card schemes. What we do is focus in on what we call alternative payment methods or local payment schemes, a couple of nomenclatures. Here's the the three types that are primarily around the globe that you'll experience. One is bank transfer methods. So that is basically similar to what you might see and experience What we would here in the U.S. for online payments, online bank payments, where you're on your hosted site for your bank, and you are making an online payment to make pay a bill, as an example. What happens on the e-commerce side for those types of payments is it's a redirect to your bank. You're online, you're making a payment. You're, let's say you're using Sofort in Germany or uh, Jaro Pay or Bank Contact or uh, Ideal. Any one of those payment methods, you're going to get a redirect that we are helping to facilitate, and you're going to get connected to your bank. You're giving your credentials for your bank login. And then you're, you're giving your bank authorization to push a payment to this particular merchant. And so that's what, how a bank transfer method works. Um, and it works both web access as well as mobile. The other types of payments that we see are cash-based methods. And this is something that we would never even think of doing in the U.S., but in, around many areas of the world, obviously, they're still very cash-dominant for the, whatever local currency they're using. And the way that they use online payments in those countries, e-commerce, is they will order something online. And then they'll actually go down and they'll go to their local convenience store or local bank and they'll have a voucher. And basically, they'll print it off online. They'll go down to that local convenience store or bank. They'll pay in cash. They'll get a receipt, which transacts that complete or completes that transaction and allows them to get their good or service that, they're, uh, that they've are that they purchased online. And lastly is wallets. So I think most people are familiar with, with wallets. Really, e-wallets are, in many areas of the globe, are continuing to grow. The biggest ones that you'll recognize or, or listeners will recognize are companies like Alipay and WeChat Pay, which of course, you know, Alipay has somewhere around 700 million users and, and the WeChat Pay is like 900 million users or something like that. So they're just massive payment schemes that are the wallets basically. And the way that those transact is much like you and I might have a bank account, uh, those consumers put their money in Alipay and they have an, a wallet or an account there that they have money loaded in. And they can use it online. And what happens, there's a couple methods that if you buy something online, there's a QR code that you can scan on your phone off the screen, and it'll populate or it'll auto-direct, redirect you within the app itself. And you can then give authorization within the app uh, and complete the transaction within the app. So there's a couple of different ways Alipay works. But basically, it's a wallet that allows you to transact. And obviously, that wallet also works through a POS method, which is you know still a card not present because there's no card there, but you're you're transacting locally using a QR code or a, a barcode scanner uh, to read a QR code off the phone. So some very interesting ways that the world is making payments that are completely non-traditional to what we in the U.S. would view.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point that you tapped on, is specifically with the Alipay wallet and WeChat pay. So I was actually just at a conference, uh, the PayThink conference in Austin this, this past week. And I think the adoption for those wallets in China was about sixty percent of total commerce is being paid through the e-wallets, which is a massive population there. So, given that it's over half that the adoption's there, so I mean, and I guess for your, from your perspective, why is the U.S. I guess not adopting at the rate that you would say the East is in how we're paying, making payments, whether it's you know in store or e-commerce with a wallet type solution?
0: Sure. Well, I think there's a couple of things. One is you know our traditional banking system is really still the stalwart in how we operate and while we have seen adoption mild adoption of things like apple pay and and samsung pay or or, uh, or you know android pay and those those variants of wallets traditionally our card schemes are still dominant and i think people's behaviors it's not something that becomes natural to always use your phone where in other geographies especially in those nations where maybe cards haven't been present or haven't been adopted, there's a leapfrog effect where mobile has growth. And it's kind of the same thing you see in internet usage, right? There's very few areas around the world other than, you know, first world countries that have had internet service for a while where you have wired internet, everything is mobile. So this this leapfrog effect from mobile is also happening on the payment side as well. So if you imagine if you've always carried cash and all of a sudden you have a mobile phone and now you have the ability to actually do banking and and do transactions, mobile transactions commerce transactions, local transactions with your, your local retailer, that you know they you're going to adopt that much more quickly than maybe how we are in the US, where it's a convenience factor, but maybe it's not enough of a convenience for me versus pulling out a card out of my wallet.
1: Do you see that the merchants here in the US know that the demand is there across border? Do you find yourself or you know your colleagues at P Pro educating the market to expand? globally to capture those customers that are happening in different uh, jurisdictions?
0: Now, that's a great question. And one of the reasons that P-Pro opened an office in the U.S. is not only to support our major partners here, the large acquirers and PSPs, but also to help educate. We know we're here a little bit early from where the market is. If you look at cross-border traffic, which is 95% you know, credit card, it's going to close. You know, last year, it was $83 billion. This year, it'll be somewhere around $100 billion, but it's going to double in the next three years. So the growth is absolutely happening globally, but the global e-commerce market is huge and it's growing much more rapidly across the world than it is necessarily in the US, right? We grow 12 to 14% annually here in the US for e-commerce growth. Asia is growing at 25% plus. Eastern Europe's growing at like 18 to 20%. So there's other areas around the world that are growing much much more quickly. So part of the education here and the merchants have to recognize is first and foremost, most aren't familiar. The major ones are obviously the very large retailers know, especially those that have domiciled locations around the globe. But most retailers in the U.S. or those that are online aren't really that familiar with all of the payment schemes. They may be familiar with some of the larger ones. So education becomes certainly a big aspect of what we want to be able to do, working with our partners, providing collateral and materials uh, to help in educating and then retailers and, and on, online uh, e-commerce uh, businesses in the U.S. really need to recognize where they're getting transactions today from a cross-border standpoint. And then are they actually marketing in those areas? Do they have a marketing strategy? Uh, and then does their product and service, where else does it fit around the world? And do they have a strategy for going out after those? Is their website, you know, is it does it have the right language? And then most importantly, at the very end of it, is are they offering a the local payment scheme that those... Consumers in that jurisdiction, that geography, would prefer to use because um, you know we in the U.S. think that cards are accepted everywhere, but they're not. There's many countries that the cards are very rarely accepted, and that the local payment method is really what what's preferred and maybe even what's mostly why wi- most widely accepted.
1: Do you feel like that, so, I mean, given that we're hard, heavy, you know, environment around here, specifically with the loyalty side of things, right? So we, with the credit card reward system, ways to get cash back, is that something that maybe is being considered with alternative payments as well in regards to marketing and loyalty type of solutions?
0: I haven't really seen that. I can't say, I think it's more of a convenience factor and more of a, a really just traditional, and, and what you know, those regional and, and, and local, localized payment schemes, what people have adopted and what they've become used to. So we don't see a lot of loyalty programs within the alternative payment landscape, local payment schemes. Now, with that being said, I think when you think about Alipay and, and WeChat Pay and some of those more active wallets, they're probably what are closer. So for example, Alipay has features within their app that tell you which businesses accept Alipay and they track and i think they even have some rewards and some things that you can earn outside of you know the wallet piece of it that allow you with those local those local businesses so there are some features functionality that alipay is developing that wechat is more of a social app but i think wallets will probably be closer more closely aligned to offering any type of uh, reward programs but certainly not something that we're necessarily focused on and trying to promote i think really it's more about You know, how do we how do how do we educate the US around which methods they need to be looking at first and foremost?
1: And when you go about I guess the different jurisdictions and different markets, I mean, how do you guys select where you're going to I guess expand your product offering in regards to demand, or is it you know trying to get as many payment options as possible on your platform for you know the the consumers here and you know relevant businesses here?
0: Absolutely. But today if
1: you look at globally,
0: there's probably 250 to 300 payment methods that are relevant. We're connected to a little over 140, which represent somewhere close to 80% of the global payments. So as we look at the rest of the landscape, uh, what we use to evaluate is certainly, as you just mentioned, there could be demands. Potentially, there could be new payment schemes. But then it's also, what are the burgeoning and, and growing markets? And what has changed in those markets? So, for example, India with rupee and variants of what's happening in India with them opening up their commerce outside of just locally and allowing you know more globalization to take place. So there's you know markets will change as well that make you know make it very interesting for us to look at and figuring out how do we go into those particular areas and those particular payment schemes that are most important to both that local population but also globally what's going to be accepted from an e-commerce standpoint. And the last thing that we look at is you know, within our roadmaps, not only do we have new products, which we typically have you know, 10 to 15 new payment methods within, the, uh, within our, our purview every year, uh, but it's also important for us to recognize where payment methods are today in terms of their technology use. So for example, some payment methods today are moving to QR codes. Some are moving to allow things like reoccurring billing. And probably things that we're, you know, we're we're much more used to with card schemes, even, you know, being loaded into wallets. So all of those are technologies that we also have to stay abreast of and ensure are on our our roadmap as we help connect our partners to these payment schemes and provide them that access. So those are almost equally as important to be aware of as it is just which payment schemes are growing around the world and new ones that we need to be uh, looking at.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point as, you know, different types of payments or the way to accept payments is obviously the key component here for the merchants to be able to facilitate the business. But then again, when you guys uh, go out to these jurisdictions to be able to understand the markets itself are, I guess the compliance landscape and regulations landscape as well, to have that understanding, which I would think for a lot of these merchants and a lot of partners are hesitant to understand to go to these markets to be able to understand that type of landscape as well. So and, you know, going with a partner like yourself, I assume, would keep you guys ahead of the innovation that's happening as well as on the ground the compliance and regulation in these jurisdictions.
0: Yeah. It's important for partners to to look at not only What's happening locally, but also you know where our first focus is, especially from the U.S., is what's happening on the cross cross border side, and then localization. We do have uh, we're, we're localizing more and more across the globe, opening up facilities. We just opened up offices in Asia, have local licensing being adopted there, and in Latam, and then uh, in, the next, in the future will be uh, will be India. So all those are all markets that localization merchants have to consider, uh, and certainly going with a partner. With PPro through our through our partners uh, the acquirers and PSPs so those are important aspects to recognize and try to acknowledge as well. I think the biggest point and, and, and there's also things to consider uh, such as FX as well as you know, wh- you know how your local how you're collecting and settling. There's a lot of considerations there that merchants need to make and through their you know working with their partners their payments partner acquirer and understanding what they may be able to offer and how they're offering it.
1: Yeah, and I guess to jump on that point, too, specifically here in the U.S., you know, it's it's put together as, as 50 states that's as, as big as the European Union and, and different countries there. So cross border is a bit different in those jurisdictions as the U.S. dollar is pretty predominant here. But as we globalize, the U.S. dollar is becoming less and less as other countries are demanding other currencies in their home currency. Now, the innovation for, I guess, your tech on top of the different landscapes that you're providing in, in regards to alternative payments, you know, having your customer to be able to tap in as a partner like yourself to get access to these currencies, with using the innovation of technology that you're providing, you know, I guess here in the US, the, the alternative is to go with a banking solution or a banking provider. Uh, could you talk about the different conversations that you have uh, to be able to land the partners that you have utilizing your technology? Sure.
0: The, probably the, the biggest winning combination that we provide Is the ability to connect to all of these local payment methods through one integration. As you can imagine, all of these payment methods have different integrations, separate integrations. They also have different contractual elements and they also have different funding and settlement ways of funding and settling, and even the files they send are different formats and different timeframes. So all of that becomes very complex. For our payment partners, working with P Pro allows them to really have that in a one stop shop. So when they're considering offering to their merchants, Alternative payment schemes—they're able to rely on us for that single integration and for the you know already handling all of the the pricing contractual negotiations on their behalf, helping you know providing them with a very good value there. And then you know the the long pole in the 10 is the back end is the really the reconciliation file. So we're able to provide them one format, one file, one settlement for all of these payment schemes and one collective that they can turn around and. And putting it into their format for their for their merchants and provide it to their merchants in the same reporting, so it becomes a very important part. Uh, and that's really the primary value that PPRO is providing to our partners into the market is allowing that. Outside of that, when you think about the complexity of not only integrating, but also what's very strange in this with many of these payment schemes is they will oftentimes have updates that need to be made, technical upgrades or updates need to be made, and have very short notice periods. And so obviously big payment companies, they have a long roadmap and, and, you know, sticking something in an urgent matter and your roadmap disrupts a lot of things. So that's another piece for consideration. And one of the values that we we'll are able to provide is we're constantly um, working with our payments, payment partners, our payment methods that we support uh, to ensure that the, the latest and greatest technology is updated. And so that partner doesn't have to look at uh, providing any additional support for those uh, methods.
1: And when you see, I guess, the demand from your customers, I know you guys uh, you know, solidified your ground here and then have the opportunity to expand here in the U.S. at this time. Uh, but where do you see the landscape in the next couple of years for the U.S. to globalize and you know, going from where we are now to, let's say, like two to three years, the different demands that are coming out of the U.S. in addition to having alter- alternative payments globally? Well, I think there's
0: a huge opportunity when we start thinking about what's happening with the global e-commerce market, where we're positioned. And there's still, you know, regardless of what may be taking place in the political worlds of, of the United States and what the world may think, at the brands of the United States, the, US, the brands that U.S. represents, the big brands, the many brands, there's still a, there is still a desire for those products and even services around the globe so i think as merchants recognize that opportunity as pay, as our payment partners recognize that the there's a huge growth opportunity for us and i just mentioned the you know, cross, cross border is going to grow you got to double in the next 3 years to 200 billion but the you know globally commerce is going to grow at a clip of 15 to 20%. so certainly i believe the us companies could take advantage even more so of offering their products and services around the world of ensuring that their websites, that are, you know, they're, they're, they're meeting those local consumers where they're at, both in language as well as payment acceptance and even you know, how they're shipping and receiving. So there's a lot of logistics to consider, but I believe there's a ton of opportunity there. So what I see certainly, you know, Asia right now, China specifically, is the buzz today. And both locally as well as internationally, merchants in the U.S. are starting to consider, hey, how do I get into China? Right south of that, in the South Pacific Pan Asia market, there's a, I mean, the fastest, you know, some of the largest economies in the world are there and the fastest growing e-commerce economies. And I think that's really important to consider. And then after that, you know, you're looking at India, which is just recently opening up. And it's a big opportunity for uh, merchants to consider how do they get into India. Not far after that is Africa. But I think first and foremost, what I would say is if companies aren't in Europe today, which is probably the easiest to get into. And there's still a desire for some U.S. products there and services. I I think that's where they really need to start, first and foremost, is considering how do they get into Europe, how do they take advantage, uh, and how do they ensure that they're offering these payment methods in Europe as well. So the the world is, uh, I think the U.S. is oyster, if you will, in terms of global e-commerce, and it's going to continue to grow. And that's certainly an opportunity for us to participate in the U.S. in that global economy at an even greater level.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think you know what you guys are doing on there is fantastic, and and you know staying ahead of the curve here for the U.S. is you know we touched the ground here a few years ago as well with Currency Cloud, so it gives us the opportunity to understand the landscape as it's you know starts to starts to grow. Well, Steve, it was a pleasure to have you on today. Really knowledgeable information for our listeners as we understand the globalization of e-commerce. Uh, if you could to, to close out, uh, what's the best way to contact uh, yourself or your team at PPRO? Yeah, so ppro.com
0: is our site. Certainly, there's opportunities there to, uh, to connect with us, happy to uh, to take on calls here as well. But what I'd recommend most importantly is uh, if, if merchants are interested in collecting uh, local payments around the world from an e-commerce standpoint, really talk with your payments partners. Ask them if they're working with ppro. We're happy to to help strike up conversations and, and work with all the payment providers here in the U.S. to help toward the
1: merchant landscape. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. We appreciate you having on today. Have a good one. Take care. Have a great one. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses.
0: We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com.
1: You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.